2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Epic victories,
3: heartbreaking defeats. No matter your team, no matter your game. We talk sports. A fan, Rochester.
0: Um, you know, enjoyed the time we spent with him and uh, obviously went uh, first overall. Um, and, and um, you know, he's had a great career in college and and uh you know he plays with a lot of energy and it seems like a good leader i've never obviously been on a team with him but it uh, seems like a good leader
4: buffalo bills head coach sean mcdermott sharing a little love for baker mayfield is baker mayfield having a renaissance in tampa bears baker mayfield set to come back down to earth let's go to tampa and let's talk to our buddy scott reynolds of the pewter report who joins us now in advance of tomorrow night's Thursday night game on Prime. Scott, always great having you here in the sports part. Tell us a little bit about how the season has gone thus far with Baker Mayfield behind center.
3: I think pretty much according to script, this is a transition year for the Buccaneers, right? Obviously, Tom Brady's retired, and uh, they brought in Baker Mayfield for a one-year look-see to see if he can resuscitate his career and be the Face of a franchise again, or if he is destined to follow the likes of, you know, the Andy Daltons, the Jameis Winstons, the Marcus Mariotas, uh, where you're just kind of a career backup after getting, you know, a couple shots at at uh, being the starter. Mitch Trubisky also in that category. Um, you know, Bakers got off to a pretty good start. The team was three and one before the bye week. Then they faced uh, two pretty good teams back to back, especially stopping the run in the Detroit Lions, Atlanta Falcons. It's made Baker Mayfield have to throw the ball a little bit more to win. The Bucks have struggled to run the ball, so there's not much balance. And as a result, Baker Mayfield has an interception in each of his last four games. And we've seen a great performance by Baker Mayfield against the Saints, three touchdowns leading them to a 26-9 win. Uh, we've seen a good Baker Mayfield first two weeks of the season, Minnesota and Chicago, those games. He had touchdown passes, and no interceptions. But then we've seen kind of like average Baker the last couple of weeks, where there have not been as many great plays uh, as there are overthrows, underthrows, interceptions to offsets. Um, you know the, the the misfires, and as a result, the Buccaneers just have not had enough firepower to to win. So uh, the one the one Baker we haven't seen that the Bucks cannot afford to see tomorrow night is multiple interception Baker. They hope that guy stayed in Cleveland because if that happens, there's no chance for for a Buccaneer win.
0: Yeah, despite losing their last two, Scott, um, you're only a half game out of first place, Tampa Bay. I mean, are the expectations raised there in Tampa? Because I look at that division like, why not the Buccaneers?
3: Yeah, I think the division's still there for the taking. It came down to Week 17 last year when the Bucs beat the Panthers. And, uh, and and then ultimately lost it in, in the last game of the season at Atlanta. They had a, a halftime lead, and their playoff position wasn't going to change. They decided to rest their starters. The Falcons came back to win. They finished 8-9, and nine, but they were probably a 9-8 and eight team. I think Tampa Bay is kind of the same 8-win, 9-win team this year, and, uh, but with some new pieces in there and, and a new offense with Dave Canales that has gone through some growing pains. I think the NFC South is still one of the more downtrodden divisions in the league. And I wouldn't be surprised if nine and eight wins the division this year, it might be Atlanta. It might be Tampa Bay. I think it's one of those two teams right now. The Falcons have the edge. The Bucs will probably have to go to Atlanta later in the year and steal a win to, uh, to really kind of have a chance at, at uh, reclaiming the division uh, title for a third straight year. But yeah, it's, it's kind of a rough and tumble division. I think every every team's kind of in it, except for the the Panthers. But um, I, I think I think Tampa Bay they, they have a chance at, at nine wins this year if if they can, you know, get their offense to to get the ball in the end zone. They struggle mightily in the red zone.
4: Scott, uh, tell us a little bit about the health of the Bucks coming into this game. We know that Godwin uh, apparently is good to go. Vita Vea appears yeah. to be a game-time decision. I wanted to check in on the health of Mike Evans. I know he was dinged up earlier this year. Overall, how is Tampa Bay's health coming into tomorrow night?
3: I think pretty good. The only player that they're really going to miss is Matt Filer, the starting left guard. But, you know, he has not really been playing that well to begin with, so I wouldn't be surprised if if the Buccaneers – uh, actually, get a little bit of more of an upgrade of the position with Aaron Stinney as opposed to uh, Matt Filer, his younger player. Uh, he's in a contract year. He wants to. You know, he's a backup. I think he's going to come in and probably probably play a little bit over uh, his his ability, just because this is maybe his one shot of getting some playing time this year. Uh, and if, and if he plays well, maybe they make a change. Just because Fyler has been a little you know average at best at, at left guard. B to Bay is probably the biggest concern for the Buccaneers with that groin injury. He, he did not practice this week. It ran it's a short week. Uh, I think if the game were on Sunday, he would be more likely to play, but it will truly be a game-time decision, and they need him because they just got Kalajic Canty back a couple weeks ago, and that's a nice one-two punch inside at defensive tackle for Tampa Bay. Both those guys, former first-round picks, Kalajic Canty, the rookie, has a sack and a half in just the last two games, and he missed – a good chunk of the season with the cap injury that happened in training camp that cost him to miss the entire preseason. Vita Vea is still the leading sacker with three-and-a-half sacks. So the Bucks' chances for winning improve if Vita Vea's playing.
0: I'm going to go off the board here. Uh, just ask you about Sean Tucker, who played his uh, football down yeah. the road here at Syracuse. How I mean, has uh, his rookie year been going there? We saw him a little bit at the beginning, but uh, where he is right now in the depth chart, how has it been going for him?
2: You know,
3: I, for some reason, I can't put my finger on it. I've, I've tried to ask some questions, and I'm not getting some really good answers. This team, for some reason, decides to put Keyshawn Bond, who's in a contract year, a former third-round pick, who really has done nothing in Tampa Bay in four years. I mean, just nothing. And if you look at him statistically this year, I think he's averaging 1.7, maybe 1.8 yards per carry. He's a tackle for loss waiting to happen. The Bucs can't run the ball very well to begin with. And this is a guy that doesn't have the speed or the burst to accelerate through the few holes that there are or break tackles and and get yards after contact. So to me, every carry that he gets is a wasted down. In my opinion, I'd rather see Sean Tucker. Yeah, he's not lighting the world up. He has a 1.5 yard average, but it's a very small sample size. There's a lot of hype about this guy. And he earned the number two running back job by leading the Bucks with with rushing yards in the preseason. But... For some reason, fallen out of favor. I don't know if it's pass protection issues because he is a rookie um, or what it is, but I'd like to see more of Sean Tucker or at least not give the ball to Sean Vaughn because it's it's kind of a non-starter when he, when he gets a carry.
4: Scott, if you were uh, Ken Dorsey, how would you attack this Tampa Bay defense tomorrow night?
3: Find Devin White and target him uh, in the passing game, in the running game. Uh, Devin White has had a horrible game against the Atlanta Falcons. And it, it's a shame because this is a guy that, that held out in the off wanting a contract. Uh, he thinks he's worth Roquan Smith money. He's delusional. He is not that good of a linebacker. And I think the pro football focus grades are spot on. They they kind of reflect that he's an athlete playing football. He's not a very instinctive football player. And, uh, and you look at the guy next to him, the ageless wonder Levante David, 13 tackles last week at age 33, Levante still getting it done, having a great season this year, had a great game against the Lions the week before that. But here's the thing, the Atlanta Falcons ran the ball 38 times for 156 yards and the middle linebacker of this team, Devin White had five tackles. Uh, The strong safety behind him had 10. The cornerback, Jamel Dean, had 10. Of course, Levante, as I said, had 13. Something's wrong with this picture. He was the middle linebacker, should be making more than five tackles. And his play has been soft, so whether it is uh, targeting him in zone coverage, targeting him in man coverage, or running the ball right at him, that's what I would do. I would go right at Devin White because he is really letting himself down in a contract here.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Yeah, we're talking to uh, Scott Reynolds from the Pewter Report. I remember talking to you over the summer here, Scott. um, Before we ask you, you know, for your pick on the game tomorrow night, Mm -hmm. just just the future quarterback here, because I mean, you have a deal here in Baker Mayfield. If he ends up leading the playoffs, one year, four million. But I don't know, is that going to be the long term play? Do you? tag him are you you know in a draft that's full of quarterbacks are you going down that road i mean how do you see these options kind of playing out here for the front office who right now really it's up in the air who's going to be your quarterback in 2024
3: oh it really is i mean it's it's still way too early to make that determination you kind of feel good about baker through that three and one start when he had seven touchdowns, three interceptions, but now the the touchdowns have kind of slowed down, the interceptions have remained steady at one in each of his last four games. So it's going to be really interesting to see. I think it's going to come down to three things. Number one, can he get the bucks into the playoffs? That probably has to happen as, as a division winner, maybe with nine wins. I don't know. Maybe, maybe nine and eight gets the Buccaneers into the playoffs as a wild card. If the Falcons are at 10 wins, it, it that was the case last year with, with the Seattle Seahawks getting in as the last wild card at nine and eight. So can it can get you in the playoffs? Number two, how many wins does he help you manufacture, right? Uh, is, is it nine? Is it 10? Uh, is it eight? And you just missed the playoffs, right? And then number three is, is the interceptions. That's what really got him run out of the Cleveland Browns organization. He's thrown more interceptions since entering the league in 2018 than anybody else. And while we have yet to see that multiple interception game, that meltdown game from Baker Mayfield, of course the Bucks hope that stayed at Cleveland with that version of Baker Mayfield. Um, there has to be kind of a healthy touchdown interception ratio. I think for Baker to really warrant that, you know, that kind of long-term commitment, kind of like what the Seahawks did with Geno Smith. So it, it, this is really going to probably come down to the wire for Baker Mayfield and, and see how he plays. And if he can get this team into the postseason, then, if you can get them a winning record, I think there's a a long way to go before they make that determination. You're right. This is a very deep quarterback draft coming up. It's it's a mega quarterback draft, as a matter of fact. Trevor Sykema from Pro Football Focus, one of my good friends, said there will be 20 quarterbacks drafted this year, probably 12 by the end of day two. That's an astonishing number. There were 14 drafted altogether last year, most of them on day three. Mm -hmm. So if you have 12 in the first three rounds, that's something. And no matter where Tampa Bay ends up picking, they're probably not going to get Caleb Williams or Drake May, but there's a chance they could get a pretty good quarterback in the middle of the first round if they end up picking there or maybe even the second round. So um, even if Baker Mayfield just kind of gets them into the playoffs as a wild card team, nine wins, doesn't really go to the Pro Bowl or have that type of season, um, I wouldn't preclude this team from drafting another quarterback to throw into the mix with Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield just to hedge their bets.
4: It's a matchup between two teams that feel like their seasons have gone very similarly. They're they're both in the final if the season were to end today, which it doesn't. They would both be the last team in uh, in the AFC and in the NFC for the postseason. Scott, before we let you go, I want to make sure we get your prediction as far as which direction you're you're leaning here uh, for tomorrow night's action in Orchard Park.
3: I think a lot of things have to go right for the Buccaneers to win. They've got to win the turnover margin and not three to two like they did last week. That wasn't good enough. they would have to win the turnover margin, something like three nothing like they did in Minnesota on the road in week one. And still that only allowed them to win by three points. That's how slim the margin of error is for this Buccaneer team, especially an offense where it's just hard to score points in the red zone. So for, for Tampa Bay to win, they have to be able to run the ball. Maybe there's some opportunities against the 23rd ranked rushing defense, but for Tampa Bay to have a chance of winning, I, I think 110 yards on the ground, probably three takeaways really forcing some big time errors from Josh Allen. And, and then an offense that finally has to find the end zone. The the, the good news for Tampa Bay, they scored 20 points and 26 points in their two road wins. They've really struggled to put touchdowns on the board at home where they're one and three this year. So uh, maybe they've got a little bit of road mojo. I don't know. Uh, I don't see how I can pick the Buck the Buccaneers. Uh, just looking at this matchup on paper here, everything seems to favor the Bills. They can score into the 20s. Josh Allen's better than Baker Mayfield. They have the home field advantage. I, I like Buffalo to win this game probably by eight or nine points. I think probably right around that eight and a half uh, line uh, sounds pretty good to me.
4: Scott, you mentioned uh, the Bucks at home. We, we saw... We saw something we haven't seen in a while. The Creamsicles yeah. made their return against Detroit. Yeah. You didn't get the outcome that you wanted. It was almost like the Creamsicles were, you know, brought them back to 1976 and they played like it.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt. <laughs> Matter of fact, Tampa Bay is now one in four in the throwback Creamsicles. This is the fifth time since burying Bucko Bruce in 1996 and going with the red and pewter in the red flag uh, in 1997. The four, this is the fifth time that they've brought back those throwback jerseys. First time in about a decade, but uh, from 2009 to 2012, that first little throwback era, they were only one and three. So now they're one and four, and uh, and yes, living up uh, to the living up to those those lovable losers in orange and white uh, from back in the day, Tampa Bay. Uh, does not fare well in the creamsicle jerseys.
0: No, no, th- there's speculation because we've heard that the, the creamsicles coming back there for a long time, and in fact, it was supposed to be like a year ago.
3: The speculation yeah,
0: that 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 Tom Brady killed it is that true?
3: <laughs> no, it it wasn't Tom Brady. Actually, he wanted to play in the creamsicles really bad. He he loved the the creamsicle jerseys. It was really a Nike issue that uh, Nike didn't have their act together in terms of. Yeah, you know, that orange thread's hard to find, guys. <laughs> it's it's a unique color and to be able to get uh, all of those uh you know, the, the, the Nike product uh, for that that game, um it was a manufacturing issue with Nike and of course, yeah, you know, this was kind of coming off the heels of COVID, right, in 2022. Um so they had some some distribution and some manufacturing issues. It was a disappointment because last year was the first year that teams could wear some throwback alternate helmets, right? That was the helmet rule that nixed the, the throwback jerseys for the Buccaneers because they'd gone from white helmets to pewter helmets, right? So last year was the year that changed, and you did see Patriot Pete return, right, for, for the Patriots, and, uh, but you didn't see it for the Buccaneers because of that orange thread apparently. Uh, Scott, you're
4: always gracious to join us with your time here to join us in, in the sports bar and you do a great job at pewter report, which is more, in my opinion, more than just, uh, you know, coverage of the box. Right. Tell us a little bit about pewter report and, and where we can get more of your work.
3: Well, I tell you, even Bill's fans will love us in the off season because we do a ton of draft profiles, uh, it's skewed towards the Buccaneers, but if you want, you know, to, uh, to hone in on, on the draft and free agency, we do kind of cover the NFL a little bit more, as a whole in the offseason. That's on PeterReport.com. And we've got a couple Bucks Bills previews up there. If you, if you want to read it from our perspective, check out the, the previews on uh, PeterReport.com today and tomorrow. And then um, uh, also you can follow us on X and Facebook and Instagram at PeterReport. Scott, uh,
4: we'll be watching the game tomorrow night. Really appreciate your time today. Thanks so much. Always a pleasure, guys. Thank you. Got it. Scott Reynolds, Pewter Report, stopping by the sports bar to give us the Tampa Bay
0: side of things before tomorrow's matchup. Does that make Bills fans a little more calmer, knowing that there
4: is the Buccaneer writer that says this should be Buffalo's game? Should be, but I, I go into this game thinking that these teams are kind of very, very similar in terms of you know what they might end up being by the end of the season. After, at the end of the regular season, I think both of these teams are kind of like what he's describing nine, ten win teams. Yeah, I mean the Buccaneers could end up as a four seed out there, right? If they win that division, yeah. that division is as it's been. It's pretty soft. Um, that was great, and I'm glad we were able to cram in both a uh, Bills perspective and a Bucks perspective here in the last 60 minutes. If you're just joining us, welcome into the Sports Bar. If you're listening in the Odyssey app, rewind lets you go back and listen to any part of the show that you may have missed for the next 72 hours. And we'll be sure to get all of our guest appearances and all of our shows up for you and online, on-demand, podcast form, wherever you get your shows. Just search out the sports bar, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and the free-to-download Odyssey app. Happy hour is upon us. We are super late, but it's worth it. We'll get to a round of shots coming up here in a little bit. And we have time for your calls if you want to join us on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub. Wingman line, 866-4-FAN is that number. Award-winning barbecue from Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub. The new location, 135 West Commercial Street in ER, GoodSmokeBBQ.com.
2: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai.